with Wolf and Luke. Real quick before we get into the Suns here, it is uh, the Wolf and Luke Show, live from the Auction Community Studios. Wolf, I don't know if you saw this, Diana Rossini just tweeted out, the Titans plan on releasing Julio Jones. That's crazy, huh? Okay, Julio Jones uh, really didn't have the kind of impact I thought yeah. he was going to have. Um, Julio. That's interesting. I mean, if he's just going to be out guy, there. Yeah, there's a guy out there that could play outside, play the Z outside of the Y. Oh, yeah. He wasn't, uh, yeah, you're right. He didn't have the impact last year that I think anybody really expected. Prior to that, though, I mean, 771 receiving yards, three touchdowns in nine games with Atlanta. And then every year before that, he's 1,300 or more receiving yards. Mm. Some of them 16, 1871. I mean, I, you can't expect him to be the same player he was in 2015 when he was unstoppable. But he was still putting up 1,394 yards and six touchdowns in 2019. So I don't know. Just an interesting thought if he's going to be out there. Check that out right there. That is a big wide receiver that would be out there, and you have to wonder how much action he might get. All right. It's time now for Suns three-pointer. Wolf, you ready? No. Okay, good. Seven, Booker, and one. First takeaway from last night's Suns win over the New Orleans Pelicans is the, uh, what did what Booker called him, the, he likes being the, the bearers of bad news. That road mentality this team has where they come into your city and they want you to be unhappy. And it shows in their 26-6 and road record this season. The Suns went out there, got it done again last night. 271 points in their last two games. That's pretty good offense. Okay, my first point of Suns three-pointer has got to be the Pelicans came out swinging Basinonians. Yes, they did. Snapping and flapping, as we used to say, my friends. They shot 71% from three halfway through the first quarter and then started to fade. (laughs) For the record, the Suns, for the most part, they shot the ball very well overall as well in that quarter. But the Pelicans, they wanted to beat the Suns and they came out with resolve. And guess what happened? The Suns crushed set resolve. That's point. Played back 14-footer is two points. Dynamite. Yeah, this was part of the road mentality last night, but it's there. We've seen it all season long. The Suns have only lost to one team twice all season, Wolf, and that was the Golden State Warriors. That, that, that just... I, whatever you want to call it, that need to avenge every single loss, that revenge factor they bring into these games, uh, whatever it is. And they've talked about it. Talked about it after the Heat game a couple games ago, and then last night afterwards as well. Devin Booker's like, no, we owed them. Uh, they talked about it after the game last night where they're like, we have the game circled. You know, the, the teams that beat us, we've got those games circled on the calendar. The only team that has beaten the Suns this season and then beaten them a second time is the Golden State Warriors. That's ridiculous. We're almost 70 games into the season. Indeed. Okay, my second point of Suns three-pointer has got to be Devin Booker is the alpha dog. Devin Booker, are you kidding me right now? He came out in that first half. He was not only barking, he was biting. He scored 19 points 
three of five from beyond the arc, eight of 13, had five assists in the first half as well. He came out on fire. And then all of a sudden, he got knocked around in the third quarter, got knocked around at the 8-15 mark, and felt like the refs had gotten it wrong. And he looked salty from that point forward. And man, they paid the price. The Pelicans paid the price for their insolence. Devin Booker, the alpha dog. That's point number two. Three-pointers. That's just showing off right there. Yeah, my third point on the Suns is actually going to be about Mikael Bridges and his offense. This is a guy that for the season is averaging 13.8 points per game. You don't look at Mikel and think, okay, that guy's going to provide the offense tonight. You look at him and you say, okay, he's going to be just an absolute monster to deal with if you're trying to put up points against him. And he hasn't sacrificed any of that, Wolf. But in the month of March, he's averaging 17.5 points. He was doing that in the month of February, too. So these last month and a half, he has really stepped up his game offensively. He only has one single-digit point game performance in there. It was actually against New Orleans the last time on February 25th. Last night, he put up 20. And this month, he's put up 15. He's put up 20, 21, uh, 20 a couple times, 18 a couple times before that. He has picked up the slack offensively. Although, I don't know if you can call it slack when you've scored 271 points in two games. Well said by you right there, Luke. Okay, my third point of Suns three-pointer has got to be these pack of dogs aren't going away once the postseason comes rolling around. They're only going to double down on that. Gene Stallings, ladies and gentlemen, an old football coach of mine, after introducing himself in his very first meeting, looked at all of us and said, Brother, you've got to hate the enemy. That's what he said to us, and I can tell you right now, the Suns go out and they play like they hate the enemy. Payback is coming with the Phoenix Suns, and that's my third point of Suns' three-pointer. See the shots that I took, wet like a book. <laughs> You're going to have to do a cover of that song. Yeah, you know, I don't think so. No? No, I, I don't, but man, that is, it is so impressive. I, I just love talking about this team and i honestly it's not just it's not just basketball it's not just hockey it's not just football it's not baseball it's not the sports that we love to talk about here but man when you go inside this locker room and the guys man every guy one through 15 isn't that right javel mcgee one through 15 every guy they have on this team is a dog. <laughs> I rarely do you get that kind of situation. Now I realize you're only talking about 15 guys on a roster when you're talking about an NBA team, but man, just the the fact you've got all of them in one spot and they're all dogs, it's rare. Uh, how about the minutes too that the starters were able to to get limited last night? Not Mikkel Bridges; he never gets limited. Thirty six minutes of, uh, of of playing time, and he plays every game, and that's just the way it's going to be. Mikkel, you're going to play close to forty minutes. You're going to play every single night. But Jay Crowder played twenty two. D A played twenty three. Payne played twenty seven. And, and Payne, of all people, I'm fine if he plays more because he hasn't Man. played as much. Book played thirty. I mean, that's still a, a significant chunk of the game, but not too much. He can he can afford to play thirty minutes. This is. At the start of the season when there was that talk of like, are the Suns going to actually have to go down the road of load management because 
of how late last season went, especially for them going to the finals, and then you had Devin Booker in the Olympics. This is how I hoped they would be able to do it, where guys still play, they just don't play as much. So you don't get out of the routine of, okay, we got a game tonight, I'm going to go out there and play. Booker put up 27 points, but he didn't have to play 42 minutes. Yes, you know what I mean? Right. Limit the, the, the wear and tear that way, where the guys are still playing, they just don't have to get beat up all game. McGee played 21 minutes. Torrey Craig played 28 last night. Uh, Aaron Holiday, 22. Landry Sham at 20. Monty was able to just spread it around last night and just cruise to a 16-point win. I'm sure he loves nothing more than that. Speaking of love, I love what I'm seeing out of campaign, man. I'm telling you right now, I he is learning, he's growing, he's doing it more under control, yet he's still attacking. He's still in attack mode. Mm-hmm. Whether he's looking for a shot on the perimeter or putting it on the floor and taking it to the rack, he's still aggressive, but he's doing it under control. And you cannot tell me that it's not the influence of Chris Paul that is wearing off on campaign. One time last night, one time, I've been tracking these out-of-control drives to the bucket that I've seen from campaign. Once yeah. last night is what yeah, only one, okay, Only once. Yeah. Turn the ball over twice. You'll take a 4-1 to one, uh, assist to turnover ratio all day long for the most part. But he's really reduced those out-of-control runs to the bucket. I just love what I'm seeing from campaign. Well, and there's no accidents with Chris Paul. I mean, we heard Chris Paul talk about it when he, when he, uh, coming out of the All Star break where it was clear he wasn't going to be able to play for a while. And he talked about, you know, campaign. Okay. And campaign's talked about slowing it down, still being effective, though, not, not changing the essence of who he is, but not getting too crazy with it. And, uh, it's, it's paying off again for the Suns. Everything is paying off for the Suns right now. The weather's getting warmer. Arizona Sports and Fulton Homes are reminding you that two seconds is too long to take your eyes off your kids around water. For life-saving water safety tips and to enter to win swim lessons from the YMCA, text SWIM to 620-620. All right, when we come back, Chandler Jones is taking that road trip to Vegas to play for the Raiders. We'll discuss what that means now for the Cardinals. Next, it's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Did you see uh, Buda Baker's tweet last night? About the foo? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Was there one of those? No. Uh, well, he just actually tweeted within the last hour a uh, an emoji with one tear and a picture of Chandler Jones and a Raiders. There uniform. it is, right there. I know. So one tear. But uh, but last night when uh, when the Jaguars and I don't understand what the Jaguars were doing totally, but when they released Miles Jack, he tweeted out, "My brother needs to be a Cardinal." I'd I take Miles Jack. On. I, I don't know. know where you fit him, but I'd take Miles Jack on the Cardinals. Yeah, you know, I was like, uh, okay, Miles Jack. Uh, the problem is he plays inside. Yeah, he's so going to play gonna inside right there. And, yeah. uh, you know, we've got two guys that need to step up and be the inside, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I saw him do that as well. And I, I love Miles Jack as a player. Um, I loved him coming out, and I love him as a pro. Um, but I just don't know if that's what you want to do right now. No, Jordan think... Hicks, by the way, a Minnesota Viking. That's awesome. Signed a two-year deal there. So happy for Jordan Hicks. He's getting the opportunity, and he actually signed before Chandler Jones. Yeah, never saw that coming. Von Miller, by the way, just still hasn't signed. I mean, he's just going to end it back on the Rams, isn't he? 
Doesn't that kind of feels Please, like? I, I hope not. Maybe I'm just Seriously. defaulting to everybody's going to the Rams because I mean, stop they haven't signed anybody. I think it's got to be Dallas right now. It's got to be. Isn't Dallas the one left holding no chair at the moment? Well, okay, let's talk about that then for a second because if if Von Miller doesn't go back to the Rams, I'm not going to pretend that the Rams are are, are a, you know a weak team now because they don't have Von oh, Miller. No. But the team that won the Super Bowl last year. If that were to happen, would then not have Von Miller. Uh, Darius Williams went to Jacksonville. I'm assuming they won't have Odell back. Maybe I shouldn't assume that, but but he's out there. At least talent-wise, they would be, on paper, less of a team than they were last year when they won the Super Bowl. Now, they won the Super Bowl, so they can afford that a little bit. That tends to happen. But if Von Miller goes anywhere other than the Rams, that's a hit to the Rams. Mm-hmm. No, it's definitely a hit to the Rams. But I, I honestly, right now... I think Dallas has got to do something about their edge after losing Randy Gregory. So I think Vaughn Miller, I think that makes an awful lot of sense right there. And it's going to be interesting to see what Vaughn Miller gets. Because now all of a sudden, Chandler Jones isn't out there anymore. Yeah. He signed his contract. Will he get more than Chan or less? I'm thinking right now he gets less. So I just, when Chan got three years, almost 51 million, right? Yes, correct. Christian Kirk got four years, seventy-two million <laughs> plus potentially into twelve million more. I'm just, I just want to make sure Christian Kirk still has signed the biggest deal of anybody this offseason, right? Oh my goodness! I don't and mean that know, as a knock something... on Christian Kirk. I just I, that's I a lot for a I, receiver. I know, and it is. It's, it's very interesting. Christian Kirk, of course, we all knew he was he was going to get paid, and we felt like there was no way the Cardinals were going to be able to pay him as much as he was going to earn on that free agent market. But, man, when you continue to tell me he's still the highest paid? I'm I'm trying to double-check. I mean, there's not any quarterbacks that have signed, so that's that's who you would expect to get paid in that range, and now yeah. the tracker I was using is just gone, so that's helpful. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean... And He's making eighteen why. million a year with the potential to be making twenty one million a year. It's really interesting because the Cardinals, um, for the most part, really weren't mentioned in the Christian Kirk sweepstakes going forward. And I think we understand why. And the Zach Ertz signing happened before free agency. Yeah. Remember that. Yeah. That that happened before free agency, which means they already had in their head an idea as to what was going to happen and what was going on. They already knew, hey, listen, you know what? We're not going to run as much 11 personnel as we have in the past. Yeah, we'll do it from time to time. And Zach Ertz will be our tight end in that 11 personnel group a lot of the time, maybe even the majority of the time. And that is more like a 10 personnel group because Zach Ertz is more pass receiver than he is blocker where Max Williams is just the opposite more blocker than he is receiver and that's why they're going to go with more two tights and run down in my opinion they made that determination in the offseason before free agency even started yeah that's and who their quarterback was going to be mattered as well and they made that decision. And now I think the 
The one thing I want to see is Kyler Murray under center a little more than what we've seen in the past. You got to have a plan going in. You can't you can't be reacting to other moves on Monday morning or Tuesday or Wednesday morning and all this and be like, okay, this is how we're going to direct our team. That that's that's why, and maybe we'll never know all the full details, but that's why I'm still sort of surprised by the Seahawks trading Russell Wilson if you believe that he was only willing to go to Denver. If you believe that. Because what if Aaron Rodgers went to Denver? What if he had said, okay, yeah, I've got this deal in place. I'll go to Denver. Then are the Seahawks trying this year? I can't imagine allowing other teams to dictate what your path is. Whereas the Cardinals, whether you you, you like what they've done so far, or you, you were hoping they would add more, they at least went into this with a pretty clear plan of we're bringing back James Conner or at least Chase Edmonds. We're going with uh, with Zach Kurtz because Christian Kirk's going to get paid. And Jacksonville is the epitome of what we've been saying now for two <laughs> weeks. All it takes is one team to way overpay. You had no chance to bring back Christian Kirk for that money. No, absolutely not. But I do like what they're doing down there in regard to Trevor Lawrence. They're trying to actually surround him with a little bit of help. Yeah. And allow him to grow into that quarterback position, which that's more important at this point in time for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's more important that Trevor Lawrence grows and gets better than it is that they win games. So what does that say about DJ Chark? Because I, I agree with you, but Chark, they just let him go for one year and $10 million. I mean, that was a guy that was a known commodity in Jacksonville. Maybe not Doug Peterson. So much of got the time, there. though, when you get a player like that, man, so much of the time, Luke, it's you got to check all the boxes. Maybe there was a box he did not check correctly. Seems maybe, like maybe there was a work ethic void, if you know what I mean. Maybe it was a personality conflict. Whatever it may be, um, it probably had something to do with Trevor Lawrence and impacting him maybe in a negative way, somehow, some way. But again, when you're talking about talent and surrounding a quarterback with talent to help him, guess what, man? They got to fit with that quarterback. Check all the boxes, or otherwise, what are you doing? As far as the Cardinals now, edge rusher becomes the biggest need, the second biggest need on this team, probably second, right? Wow, um, you got to go receiver, you got to go right guard, you got to go edge rusher. It's not that there's not any other needs. I mean, yeah, you need a backup running back, you need some depth at receiver, get all that. But as as far as starters, yes, that's the biggest need. I'm willing to say that right now. They still haven't really gone out and spent a bunch of money on anybody, and maybe they won't. But the edge rushers that are still out there, Von Miller, I would assume they're not going after him. Vaughn. Um, there's not a you know, lot. What if you had your uh, your druthers, as Gene Stallings used to say? Well, if I had my druthers, um, who would you like? Von Miller. Von Miller. Of all these guys that are Of left? all the guys that are still out there right now. So it's Von Miller, Jadavian Clowney, Derek Barnett, Melvin Ingram. Stephon Gilmore. Oh, I thought you just meant edge rushers. Oh, no, I'm just talking about anybody that might be out there. Now, once again, I feel really good about the Jeff Gladney thing. I do. I feel yeah. really good. He's he's a first-round talent, man. He is, and he's a dog. He's got that dog mentality. Um, I think Vaughn. You take Vaughn? <laughs> yeah, because as much as I'm still kind of taking the wait-and-see approach on Jeff Gladney, you have signed him. So I was trying to build up the whole idea as to why I'd get Stefan Gilmore. And I think you talked me into saying, yeah, it's Vaughn Miller. I think I'll go Vaughn. (laughs) If money's not an issue, (laughs) go ahead and take Vaughn Miller. Why not? The guy was almost defensive player. Do you think think he's going to get paid more 
or less money than Chandler Jones. I think he's going to get less now. See, do you? Because I, I think at the very least he can still play the Cowboys and the Rams off each other. And it's interesting, too. Maloney said before that the, some of the teams that were potentially interested in Chandler Jones, I mean, what was it, Buffalo? It was the Jets, teams that didn't get Chandler that were interested in him. I have to think a team like Buffalo, I don't know about the Jets, I don't know why they were even in on Chandler, but a team like Buffalo's got to be interested in Von Miller, too, right? Yes. I mean, if you can afford him. Point. So we'll see. Maybe if that price is coming down, he could he could go feasibly anywhere. You just want him to go to the AFC. <laughs> Get him out. Just get off the. He, just as long as he's not on the Rams. That's You're out. You go back to. You're out in favor. Can't go back to Denver. It's a Pro Bowl team now. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up, what has been the key to the Coyotes' recent offensive explosion? We're going to talk to their head coach, Andre Turney, and see if he has some answers. That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. This is the Coyote Coaches Show with Wolf and Luke. Brought to you by Bell Ford, where it's all about the experience. One small step off I-17 in Bell, one giant Ford store. The Arizona Coyotes just completed their five-game East Coast road trip. They went 4-1 and one on the trip. They are 6-1 and one in the month of March. Wolf, one of the hottest teams in the National Hockey League. And joining us right now on the 72-sold sports line is their head coach, Andre Tourney. Uh Coach, I imagine got to feel pretty good after a road trip like that where you go through places like Toronto and, and Montreal to close things out and you go 4-1. and one. Yeah, we've been, we've been worse for sure. That's... Uh... Pretty good feeling. Very proud of the boys, the way they play, the way they they work, and they've been consistent. So it's uh, it's a good feeling. So Bear, uh, eight and three in your last eleven games. Eight and three, man. What what are the common denominators in this winning streak? I think effort is certainly on top of the list. I think the boys are uh, they they want to win. You know, after the the All Star break. We had a meeting, and we talk about uh, a lot of team play for me, means for reason, making the playoff, improving their seed in the playoff, stuff like that. And us, we needed to find our reason to go over the edge. You know what I mean? There's a difference between competing and really go over the edge to win and competing to win. And I think the guys took a lot of pride in that and making sure they were living everything out there and laying on the line, you do a really good job at it. So, Bear, when you say competing, um, it takes competitors to actually compete. If there is one guy that you would point to and say, this is our quintessential competitor, who would that guy be? You know, that's a tough question. Uh, uh, I will have a few guys in mind I'm trying to think, but... I would go with some unsung guy like Dayson Nayo, Lawson Crowd are certainly on top of those lists. Uh, Christian Fisher is probably the one I should I should say in the last uh, since the team have success. I think that Fish plays best hockey. He competes. He's more physical. He play against the best line on the other side uh, most of the night. So I will I will go with him. Bear. <laughs> Can I ask you what you're doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm climbing Camelback, boys. Uh, so I just pause here, try to try to breathe, and not uh, not dying while I'm talking to you. That's, uh, <laughs> I was like, Bear, do you want to 
You want us to call 911 or are you all right? I'm thinking uh, about it right now. That's <laughs> 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 uh, awesome, uh, buddy. That's fantastic. Uh, well, I mean, it's good weather, I guess, right yes, now. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Is it crowded? I, I, it can't be that crowded in the yeah. middle of a, a, a Wednesday or Thursday, right? You, you know, I think it's the, the March break or something like that because there are a lot of mm. teenagers and long, young people here. And like you said, the weather is great, so perfect weather to doing it and like you know the view is absolutely phenomenal so yeah you can probably have a good time after after a road trip like that i assume it's a good (laughs) timing to to have a day like that and just enjoy the the weather and uh, we've been on the road for 10 days so back home and looking around and knowing how lucky we are yeah, I imagine going through Ottawa in the in the middle of uh, I guess it's not winter anymore, but it's pretty pretty cold up there. Um, oh, it is winter. It is winter, and there's a lot of snow. That's, <laughs> it was uh, it was really cold up there. <laughs> uh, Bear thirty five goals in the last six games, not not total between both teams, just for your team. Um, I, I know I know that you know you're looking to progress as the season goes, but that is a major jump in offense. What what what's going on? Uh, you know. Uh, I'm I'm really happy for the boys because they work hard and we talk a lot about offense in our locker room. We all know defense wins championship, but as well in a hockey, when you're successful offensively, goes comes a lot of confidence with him. It comes with a lot of feel good. You know, when you produce offensively, when you make points, yeah, it helps. As much as we know, we need to take pride in playing well de- defense and playing physical, being heavy in our battle. When you score goal and you're producing offensively, you feel good. You know, a lot of people talk about you. The media talk about you and all of it. So uh, our guys take a lot of pride in competing, being physical, playing well defensively, all of those. But it's super cool to see them get, getting a reward and a lot of guys getting their, their, their piece of success and their their accolade with that. So it's pretty cool right now, the feeling around the team. So it was interesting, Bear, because you mentioned effort and the fact that you felt like the effort had ticked up. Is that the possibility of some of your players buying in to your system and saying, you know what, coach is right, this is what works? Is that a possibility? Yeah, you know you know what? I think it's uh, it, it builds up since the beginning of the season. You know, like you know, guys, we had a tough start. You know, we we had we played against top opponent for the next uh, the first twelve game of the season, and we finally got our win after that. And, and since then, the team progressed every day. Because before, I remember coming on the show and saying, "You know, we're playing well. We're doing a lot of good things. We lost again one go- by one goal against Florida, against Carolina, against Tampa." And you know, you know, as a as a player, you, you know you played well, but at the same time, you have nothing to show for. So it's a double, double-edged sore. You know, you, you're kind of a, okay, we're playing well, but we're not winning. And, and then when we start winning, okay, now you, you start to believe, okay, we can do this. Mm-hmm. And now we got better every, every week, I will say. And since mid, mid-December, we're playing for 500. So now we have more results where, where in every game we play, whatever, we play Boston or Tampa Bay or, or whatever the elite team in the league, we're there. We're nose-to-nose with them. Uh, we 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 give a goal against Boston with three minutes to go. If not, it will have been a perfect trip. So you know we're feeling right now we're tough to beat. We're not kidding ourselves. We're not going in the game and saying, "Hey, if we're if we're not playing our A game, we'll win that game." No, we know we need to bring our A game every night. But it's a lot of fun when you win. So it's a motivation for the guys to 
to come up at the rink and play our A game and give everything we have and feeling really good about ourselves after the game. Yeah, 15-15-2 since December 15th. Coach, thanks for the go. time. Enjoy the view up there. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Have a good one. All right, Thanks Coach. Yeah, too. that's some great reception right there, too. If you go, if you go to the My top goodness. of the mountain, you have the best reception in the valley. There you go. That's uh, Coyote's head coach, Andre Turney. They they have been on a uh, on oh, a man. run lately. Quietly. Big time. Yeah. All right, uh, we come back. We'll wrap up the show. We'll get you caught up on all the moves around the National Football League. There's been a few more, actually, just in the last couple minutes. So uh, we'll get you all caught up next. The Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. <laughs> Talking to me, Chandler Jones. Yeah, Chad. Ray. Specs. The Edge. Ray. Specs. Killing it in Las Vegas. You are the best, Chad. Yeah. I mean, there's no way for me to talk after that. <laughs> like there's any power in my voice. Once again, the screaming while you were out on the football field, one of the best things you could possibly do if you'd like to strengthen your vocal cords. Just scream. Really? I'd, oh, yeah. What are you doing, you bellboy baits? Scream, man. And I, I don't mean in a shrieking voice. Wait a minute. Put a little bass in it. All right, put put some circumference into it. Can I impersonate I, him really fast? Oh no, no, <laughs> absolutely no. You're not. Chandler Jones, a PhD in back waxing. <laughs> okay, Jay. that was awful. <laughs> I sound just like him. I sound was awful. Okay, so should uh, I try it again? No, no, <laughs> you should not try it again. All right. No, honestly, that Chan, was Chandler that Jones. Was, that was yeah. Chan right there. Yeah, that that was awful, and you know it. <laughs> I don't know. That for a second, I was like, is that Wolf? worst oh, no, ever. Chandler. Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't know if it was the worst ever. I've heard some bad Wolf impressions. Chandler was it was probably like middle of the pack right there. And he's the, look, he rode that impression of you all the way to a three-year, $51 million deal today. <laughs> so he's the big winner, as it turns out. And I'll tell you, I, I am. Uh, I'm happy for Chandler Jones. Once again, players getting paid uh, is a good thing. I hate to see the Arizona Cardinals lose Chan. But I think we all knew basically this offseason we, we were going to have to say goodbye to Chandler Jones. Um, I will say over the last couple of days when he didn't go immediately, I was thinking, oh, hey, you know what? Honestly, some of this money might dry up. Oh, there goes Randy Gregory. Uh, you know, maybe Von Miller will go and maybe, maybe the, the price tag for Chandler Jones will actually come down to a point where the Arizona Cardinals could retain. Um, as it turns out, happen. He's uh, he's got the second biggest deal so far. So the top three deals so far in free agency. Number three, they all have ties to the Cardinals. Number three was J.C. Jackson. That's a loose tie, but that was the name that was linked <laughs> to the Cardinals and won a lot of Cardinals fans. I think we're looking at sixteen point five million a year over five years. 
Uh, number two is Chandler Jones, $17 million a year over three years. And number one, of course, in a completely different stratosphere is Christian Kirk, $18 yes. million with the possibility of $21 million a year over four years. You're thinking right now, too, the Raiders. The Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders. I wonder if they went to year three, and that's what Chan was looking for. A third year. I wonder if that is that was the deal breaker because I was thinking more along a two year. We were contract. all thinking too. Think a yeah. lot of people were thinking a two year contract, you know, somewhere in the vicinity of of thirty four to thirty six million dollars, somewhere in that range, a two year deal. Um, man, he got that third year, and maybe that's what he was looking for. I I have to think that's part of it. Uh, we should also point out the Cardinals have released Jordan Phillips, so that. That move that never really worked out for the Cardinals, that is uh, is now over. It's over right now, and yeah, that didn't. That did not. He signed a three-year contract worth $30 million. Um, the two years here, disappointing, to say the least. Played in 18 games for, uh, for Arizona, so a, a team that needs uh, still help along the defensive line, but... Uh, Clearly, do not feel that Jordan Phillips was going to be the answer, and and they gave him a couple of years. I mean, they they they. It's not like they were just like ah, we don't think Jordan Phillips can do it. They they gave him chances. So that's um, a guy right there that honestly needs to look at himself in the mirror and figure out what he's doing. <laughs> uh, he's got such incredible uh, talent, especially for a guy that big. He is big. He is long. He is strong. He's talented. That's somebody's got to look himself in the mirror and figure it out. If you were holding out hope for the Cardinals to get an edge rusher through free agency, they still can. I, I don't think they can afford Von Miller. I'm still interested, at least, in Melvin Ingram. But a name that a lot of people were looking at was Zadarius Smith. He's going back to Baltimore. <sighs> okay, so that makes a lot of sense right there, doesn't it? Come home, son. This is this hey. falls into the category and my theory that every every big defensive name eventually plays for Baltimore. Now he was already there, but you he's going back. You know what's interesting right now? Hey, you know what I like? There's a name out there that I like. Oh, okay. Well, give me the position. Defensive tackle, a three technique. Who is it? Calais Campbell. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I thought you were saying somebody else. No, than listen, Calais I know Calais is like 36. He's almost 36 years old. I, I think he's 35 and a half or something like that right now. But honestly, um, this is a guy, if you watch him play, watch his tape, Calais Campbell. <laughs> Wait, th- there I back. am. Okay. What, what happened? That was. That oh my weird. goodness, that is so... Calais, is that, is that, is, is Calais, that a sign Calais is coming what back? What are you doing, Calais? I didn't touch you didn't, I, a I, doggone as, thing. As a witness, you did not touch anything um, to turn it off or turn it back okay, off. Okay, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. I'm out of here! <laughs> that, okay. When the mic shuts itself off, you it's know what, just though? time to go. Calais Campbell, honestly, um, the Arizona Cardinals need that defensive tackle, that interior presence. Maybe they could get Calais and bring him home. Oh, my goodness. The ultimate come home, son. He still owns a house here in Arizona. Everybody owns a house well, here Well, that's Arizona. true. That's kind of true. What, how much do you think it would cost? I'm not opposed to Calais Campbell coming yeah, back. It's just no. a matter of how, how much. How much would it cost? Um, can I say, like... Seven million dollars? Could you get him for seven or eight million at this point Probably, in time? Probably right. I mean, I'm just I, trying I, to look at other comparable guys at his position. What they've been getting, 
Um, I honestly think that is something I would kick the tires on, the possibility of Calais coming back. If you watch Calais Campbell play, um, he can still play. He can still get it done. Not like he's going to give you a huge presence on the inside like he did when he was in his prime. But this is a guy that is a pro through and through. And I know they love him. I mean, they loved Calais Campbell and hated to see him go. Um, yeah, there's there's a possibility right there, I think, we could see. And I'm riffing on that. Nobody has told me or indicated any of that. But to me, that makes sense. I, I would say the biggest names still out there at this point, uh, Akeem Hicks, Jadavian Clowney, Tyron Matthew, Bobby Wagner, Stephon Gilmore, Allen Robinson, Von Miller, Teron Armstead. Those guys are all still out there, not not for the Cardinals. Which is why I think you could get Calais at a good We're definitely into the next wave. All right, that's going to do it for us here today. Thanks to Aaron Maloney and Jesse Morrison behind the glass. For Wolf, I'm Luke. we got Burns and Gambo coming up next right here in just a moment on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Mavi, Ved, thanks for coming in.